1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network as part of our World Cup 2022 series. On this edition of the show, we're going to be looking at the first round of group fixtures. And I'm delighted to say that we've got an all star panel, uh, starting with the boss, the main man himself, Mr. Nigel Seeley, looking nice and rested after another trip. Nigel, where have you been this time?
0: Oh, I think you'll know by now. I was in, I was in Turin watching the tennis. So uh, yeah, just 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 a just a little break. Just so the just to, to keep the missus happy. So I'm off for, for a month to the guitar. So I just take her there, bring up all about a couple of back, bottles of back of lemon and She'd be stuck in it to them tonight. She'd be fine. So
1: that'd, <laughs> that'd be good. No problem. No problem.
0: <laughs> uh, also joining
1: us, Steve Wiss, How are you, my friend?
3: I'm all right, thank you, Harry. Hope you're doing good. Yep,
1: good mate, can't complain. Thank you. Uh, Jack Wright joins us with a fancy wall chart in the background. Look at that, see all
4: over it. There we go. I've got ready, I've got my marker pens at the ready, good to
1: go. Ready to fill these scores in. <laughs> you got to make sure, Jack, that it's not Sharpie you're using because when you mm-hmm. take the
2: chart off the wall, you let go the scores. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and who's there joining us? is uh rj rj how's it going mate
2: yeah i'm doing great uh probably not as good as nigel i haven't been uh drinking limoncello and eating nice homemade pasta but uh yeah i'm doing i'm doing great over here and glad to be joining you guys from uh across the pond good to see you man
1: good to see you uh nigel let's come to you first mate because i know you want to talk a little bit about the build-up to the tournament how people are kind of betting so far um it, it's an unprecedented tournament because it's slap bang in the middle of our normal season so How's it looking? How's it going? Sort of how are people responding to it and how are the markets looking?
0: Well, the handle has been quite low for Bet Rivers and the build-up to the World Cup. But obviously now, coming into it, what, a few days away, it's starting to really, really pick up. And that's what it's would expected. Even in a, in a summer World Cup, you always get a sort of quiet period. And then the build-up comes in. Everyone wants to be involved when shows like this come out. And all the different experts give their opinion. People then want to bet. But we've got some interesting um, stats from Bet Rivers here that have come across the most wagered game on match day one no surprise uh, USA against Wales USA on the money line the most heavily wagered uh, patriotic support you get that in everyone you know you get in spanish bookmakers you get it in england england will be the most popular game here no surprise the americans in their first real world cup where they can gamble uh, legally with the other sports books so they're betting behind their team against the welsh the most popular uh, match day one pick in, t- in terms of tickets the amount of tickets that on that team and the Netherlands, surprisingly uh, against Senegal minus 155. There's a lot of big, heavy favours. Like Argentina at mine, $6, but the Netherlands have been very, very popular. On the outright market, the most wagered team to win the World Cup in percentage of money is Argentina, which I know that uh, myself and uh, Jack are very, very keen on. Uh, Brazil are second, France are third, USA are fourth, again, not surprisingly. And the most popular team to win the World Cup in terms of percentage of tickets it's Brazil and Argentina again dominating the handle. Uh, they, they, but they take thirty percent uh, of the book between those two, uh, those two new nations. And the biggest liabilities, who do you reckon it is? It's the USA. USA number one. I think they'd be safe there. RJ don't want to have a don't want to ruin your thunder, but I think Bet Rivers would be okay. USA number one, Mexico number two, and Canada number three, which wouldn't be no surprise. But surprisingly, number four is Ghana. So uh, uh, that is surprising for me. Uh, There you go. So the most popular group ticket, I'll give you one. Most popular group team, it's France. Most popular. It's thirteen percent of the of group tickets are on France to win group T, which is again I know Mm. that Steve isn't not, not. Really, given that well, they've not been the listening
3: French. to my Group D show yet, then have they?
0: No, they um, haven't. They haven't. They haven't. But they may. They may actually have listened to it, and that's why they have But uh, anyway, uh, they have been very, very reported. So that's a little bit of the rundown. That's where the early handle is, and it's not surprised that really the big money and the big, the big uh, hitters are coming out in force for the top two in the market. For, uh, Brazil and Argentina are getting uh, their odds are getting uh, lower and lower to win the World Cup.
1: Well, we've got six games to talk about on this edition of the show. And remember, we're only looking at the first round of group stage matches. There'll be another show to look at the second round and then another one to look at the third and final round, of course. Uh, Let's start with you, Steve. Um, Portugal versus Ghana is a game that you've got an interest in. Talk to us about your thinking process ahead of this one.
3: Yes. Did you say Ghana are the fourth most uh, liability there, Nigel? The fourth
0: biggest liability for Bet Rivers
3: are Ghana. I've seen your notes. I think they're going to be all right, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't really... Well, Mike, rate... do you know
0: what made me laugh there? Sorry, sorry Steve. You, you mentioned Ghana, but you, you didn't say they'd be all right with America, Mexico and Canada.
3: Uh, I think they're going to be right. They'll with be okay there, there. I, be think, okay. You know, I think. Not right. your final okay four, there. no? But um, Ghana, I just... I, I mean, the, 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 my pick for this game is Portugal, minus one Asian handicap, minus 137. And it, to be honest, it's more... If anything, more a fade of Ghana than um, than Portugal at this stage of the season. Because my one nagging doubt here is the is the Cristiano and Ronaldo thing um, in the build up to this tournament. Is it going to be an effect negative effect on the Portuguese squad or not? I actually think it might go the other way. You can never underestimate greatness, can you? And I think he'll want to put a mark on this tournament straight away, bag himself a couple of goals. So I actually I don't consider it as an overall negative, but fundamentally. For me, Portugal are much the better side. Now, Ghana have gone and won a friendly game today against uh, Switzerland 2-0, but I'm not really taking much into that. I think it was 10 a.m. start, um, and I think the Swiss themselves are perhaps there to be taken on anyway in this World Cup. Portugal should be much better. And what I like about the minus one Asian handicap, it's interesting. The last nine Portugal wins have all been by two goals or more. So when they win, they tend to win well now. And I think it's a bit of a misconception that they're this sort of side who can only get tight victories. And look, it's the World Cup. They might start with a tight victory. But a one-goal win here, then I'm going to be losing nothing. It will be a push. But I just feel like they're the sort of side now that, you know, when they do win, they win well. So it's almost one of those that it might – it's probably going to be a very easy win or there's going to be a shock. Nothing really in between. So I think, you know, on the outright show several – um People in the studio were fancying Portugal outright. And, and why not? They're, they're, I think they might be a bit of a slow burner, potentially, and get better as the tournament goes on. But this is a really easy starter. For me, just Ghana. I mean, I watched them in the last African Nations Cup. And the problem with African Nations when they get to tournaments is they get quite emotional and the game plans can go out the window if they fall behind, things like that. and Get a bit kamikaze-like. And um, I just think Portugal overall got too much quality for Ghana here. Should at very worst win the game. But I think they, I could see something like 2-0 or even 3-0 here, Harry. So Portugal minus one Asian handicap, minus one thirty
1: seven. Brilliant. Now, the reason I started with that game is because that's the game that only one person has picked out. So now uh, we're going to go into some conversations about some of the other games. And, and of course, we'll start right at the beginning of the tournament. Qatar uh, taking on Ecuador. It's the opening fixture, the host nation. Uh, Nigel, let's come to you first on this one. What's your opinion on it?
0: Well, to be honest with you, um, we're all in the bit of the unknown about Qatar from as from a football nation and also what we're going to experience from this World Cup. So they come in as the real question mark on the whole tournament. I don't think they, you know, we're not, they're not going to go and win it or make the quarterfinals or go into the latter stages, but are they capable of producing a result in this match and in their group? And, uh, you know, people I know who we've had on the show, Nick Summerby, who's, who's lived out in Qatar, works very closely with the Qatari League, believes that these young players have have been gearing themselves up, which they would have done for a life. They've been given a, a very, very he- financially reward if they get a win in this game. They've been told they've been we've all looked after. They won, I think it was the Asian Cup, one of the Cups, they won a cup, didn't they, recently they won the one they coming in the build up to the And every player was looked after and never and their family was all looked after financially. So money's no object to the and the incentive for these players is is, is incredible. So that is a huge, huge sort of influence for them as well and then you ought to consider that they're the host host nation now no other n- never in a World Cup as a home nation ever lost its first game in the World Cup if you go back through history of the World Cup since 1930 no side has ever lost and we've had teams before that people thought they're not going to be able to perform you Go back to 1994 in the USA. USA football was not the same as what it was then. They were considered a side that may struggle. South Africa were considered a side that might struggle. South Korea, Japan. I mean, there was emerging nations, but they all did the business in the first game. They got draws, or, or they or they won the game. And I don't think Qatar will embarrass themselves. You got to remember that there's going to be 70,000 people in this, this stadium. I would make you a spread of. Over a hundred and two, hundred and three Ecuadorians. I mean, it's it's going to be insane. Um, the other, so I think here I'm going to get with um, I'm going to get with the Qatar. I want to get with Qatar plus a quarter of a goal. So we get the draw on our side. We get the Qatar win on our side. If you go through Ecuador's recent fixtures, and this is this is Ecuador. I mean, I know they qualified in South American qualification a lot of their games at altitude as well so their home games so they will, they're always quite hot difficult to beat but look at look at their results recently 0-0 against Iraq 0-0 against Saudi Arabia 1-0 win against Cape Verde a 0-0 draw against Japan now that is not stuff that I would uh I that I would be uh, I you know it's going to make me concerned if I was qatari so i don't think qatar i've, I've seen some really derogatory things said about the qatari nation and their and their soccer team going into it i'm going out there i don't want any qataris to watch this and think that i'm i'm against them i'm one of you so don't have a go at me in my selfie stick i'm going for qatar plus a quarter of a goal here no home nation has ever lost a world cup opening match and i don't think they will again
1: rj you've also selected this match but you've chosen to attack it from a slightly different angle Uh, talk to us about your pick
2: yeah i'll be on under here so under two goals at, at minus 120 uh i very rarely bet unders uh in in my in my betting landscape so to speak so this is a little rare for me but uh, you know I'll, I'll get into why so I, I think both sides are gonna feel a little bit of the pressure here with the opening match of the world cup uh qatar have very limited goal scoring threats outside of a key a cream a fief of uh Al Saad, which is basically the flagship team in the Qatar uh, Stars League, All right. So if you look at a, at a table typically of the Stars League, it's it's Al Saad at the top with 102 goals for and 30 against in, in you know 25, 26 matches. So they're a dominant side. But outside of that, um, you know, Qatar as as a, a national team themselves have been quite active over the last month, month and a half. Right? They played Albania, Panama. Honduras and Guatemala all winning uh, by small margins one nil two nil two one, Ecuador most recently had a friendly, uh, which as Nigel stated right a lot of, four out of their last five matches have ended nil nil, um, so nothing about this team is, is relatively exciting to me from a goal scoring perspective. Uh, Ecuador is the youngest side to qualify from South America with an average age of twenty five. Uh, Moises Saicedo Who's their star player from from Brighton, right? I remember following in the in Ecuadorian uh, Premier League. He's he, you know, he can be a threat at all times, but I think both sides are are well rounded, right? They they play strong defense. Um, they don't have a ton of goal scoring prowess, and they're grouped with Netherlands and, and Senegal. I think each side essentially lacked the firepower um, outside of the couple key players that I mentioned, and you know, being the opening match. Uh, I like Nigel's take I you know Qatar 1-0 would be would be lovely here and um, we'd both get the 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 win so um, that's kind of my take behind why I'm on the under.
1: Before we move on from this game just quickly Nigel is it hard to to get a reading on the host nation because obviously they don't play a qualification campaign once they get awarded the tournament that they're straight in it so you don't get to see them an awful lot in competitive matches. There's been some tournaments on the continent that Qatar have been involved in, but the sample size is smaller, isn't it?
0: I don't think re- usually because you, you know you, you, what Brazil have hosted the World Cup, France have hosted the World Cup, Germany have hosted the Cup. The fact is Qatar, it's it's a complete unknown mm-hmm. for us. Well, I think they're getting. You know, I feel that the price of them. Not to, I don't believe, I just really can't see him losing this game. I think it's, it'll be such a disappointment after all the hype, all the, everything we've got to this World Cup, if they get beat 3-0, then it's it's it's, like, it's pretty much over there. They need, from a PR perspective, they need them to be competitive in this competition and have a chance going into the, the, the final group stage to qualify. And I cannot see them getting beat in this game for various number of reasons. And partly if it's football, but partly if it's for other things as well.
1: Uh, Jack, let's come to you, mate. Uh, England versus Iran. Uh, of course, a big, big game that we're anticipating here in the UK. Um, what are your thoughts going into this one? You and Nigel have got picks on this that are similar, but not quite the same.
4: Yeah, we're on the same kind of hymn sheet there for sure. Um, look, as always, World Cup on the horizon. Lots of razzmatazz, lots of excitement about it. It's four weeks of like a festival of football. Um, there'll be lots of sickies being thrown over the weekend saying they can't go into work because it's uh, like a lunchtime kickoff in the UK. My advice bank that sickie, go to work because you're not going to miss an awful lot. I'm actually going for uh, for an unders here. I'm going under two and a half goals and I'm going both teams to score no at minus 109. Um, uh, purely simply, Gareth Southgate's done a, a good job. He's six years in charge of England now, done really well. Obviously, taking the, the country to two. Um, uh, Major tournaments got to the semi finals of the World Cup in 2018, went one stage further and was a penalty shootout away from landing the first trophy in like 60 years. You got to feel a little bit sorry for him. It used to be a case of, you know, England manager, win us a trophy, win us a trophy. It's now win us a trophy and play good football. It seems to be like throw James Madison in, throw Foden in, throw Grealish in, Kane and everyone else and and play with style. Um I don't think he'll he'll bow to that. Um you've got to look back to last summer, the Euros and the how he went about it. There's there's a common theme, the fact that you've got a tournament style manager or tournament football. Don't get beat, progress through, qualify, top your group if you can and then progress. And that's how he sets up. Euros last um, summer, not forgetting this is at Wembley effectively in front of your your home crowd and he's still gone about this business the same way opened up with a one nil win second game a nil nil draw third game another one nil win two goals scored no goals conceded seven points on the board tops the group away we go knockout stages he'll sign for a one nil win here all day long. That'll that'll do him absolutely fine. You've got to bear in mind, England have not been in the best of form going into this tournament, got relegated out of the the Nations League group, of course, uh, the the A A sector. So um, there's a little bit of pressure on, well, a lot, let's face it, uh, as always with England. Um, But that's how I see him setting up this time round, doing it exactly the same way. Um, As far as the opponents are concerned, Iran uh, have got a well-known name at, at the helm in Carlos Quirosh. He obviously knows the England game pretty well um, pretty well also um, from his time at Man United, but, you know, worldwide, world-renowned coach, second spell in, in charge of Iran, um, only took charge of his fourth game in this second spell in midweek. First defeat, a 2-0 defeat. Prior to that, two 1-0 wins and a 1-1 draw. So very tight, very cagey. He's a, he's a kind of another pragmatic, cautious, um, safety-first kind of coach. Um In his first spell in charge, where we can take a lot of read on it, 100 games in charge, and only conceded 60 goals across that period of time. Only 12 times that they concede multi goals in a game, so two or more goals in a game. So, again, that's how he's going to set things up. Would he sign for a nil nil here against the tournament and the league um, group favourites? Absolutely. Get a point on the board, get a foothold in the group, and then move on to the two other nations. That's how he'll set up there as well. So, um, looking back at um 2018, when he was in charge of Iran, um, tough group. They had Spain, they had Portugal in their group, and they came away with a win, a draw and a loss across that, scored two, conceded two. So they're not going to be any pushovers. Yes, I'd take England to win it, but very narrowly. And that's why my bet is uh, under two and a half goals. And both teams to score no in a same game parlay.
1: Nigel, you think that the game's going to go in a similar way, but you've gone for a different bet. You've gone for England to win to nil. What's appealed to you? Is it the price? What's made you go that way rather than Jack's way?
0: Pretty much what what Jack is saying there. I think the price is is obviously attractive and everything. The reason he says Gareth Southgate is such a a tournament manager. He sets his team out not to lose his opening games. He plays it very, very frustrated. The Iranians will come here and just try to frustrate England. There'll be a lot of... uh, diving around and sort of shenanigans, trying to slow down the pace of the game. Uh, And England will be frustrated. And I can see England winning it 1-0, exactly the same as Jack said there. You look at England's records, England's foot. I mean, I go back a long time watching England and the, the opening games of England major tournaments have been dreadful. I mean, they've been absolutely dreadful watches. Go back for a long, long time. They've been bad matches. There's so much nerves when England teams are, are go up. The expectation on us to deliver, they take the time to get into tournaments. Their first game is always slow. The team is always negative. The team that plays in the quarterfinal, semi final usually changes massively from the team that starts the tournament. Um, and he's going to play two old in midfielders. He'll play Bellingham. He'll play Declan Rice. It'll it, it set a team out that I think just try to frustrate. And with Harry Kane, he's always got a danger from a penalty or a, a goal scorer. So England won there was exactly what like I like. I looked at the the uh, the Nations League and England's performance. You can just you can forget that tournament. That tournament means absolutely nothing, not only for England, but for every European nation in this tournament. And no one wants to do playing in it. So if anyone looks at it as a form guide, You're doing it wrong. Look at the major tournaments. I mean, England's major tournament last in in the Euros was just so solid defensively. And uh, I think England will be okay. I think they'll win to nil. Um, They'll probably get it late. I think the first half will be tight, very close. The other thing you've got to remember is going to be absolutely boiling hot as well. It's going to be like 38 degrees, 37, which will really suit the Iranians rather than the, the English players. So I think England will have to bide their time. I don't think it'd be easy at all, but I think England will have the quality and they may have the quality off the bench. And I think that's where this game's going to be won. I think in the second half the will be on Grealish to make some changes. Uh they'll they'll have enough to to grind down the Iranian side. are gonna be dogged, uh, but England to win to nil. Minus eight, that, bet was... minus one minus one twenty-five. Sorry, Jack. I
4: was gonna say your trademark bet was uh, was a live runner in this one, the old half time draw. And oh. it, there's a few that stand out for that, this uh, this tournament. Keep an eyes on that.
0: I think that, especially in them early kickoffs, yeah. in them early kickoff games, you, you want to play unders in the first half or second half to have more goals. That That is a great bet in, the, in them early kickoff games. Second halves will open up when players get exhausted and and the flare plugs come off the bench. The first halves, if you bet them all to be draws at half time or nil nils at half time, you, you'll, you'll be cashing tickets all over the place. Yeah, totally agree.
1: Uh, let's move on uh, to our next game Denmark versus Tunisia. We'll start with you on this one, RJ.
2: Yeah, so the the next match I'm on, which is uh, November 22nd, Tuesday, it's it's 8 a.m. Eastern time, uh, 1 p.m. UK time. I like Denmark uh, minus one on Asian on the Asian handicapping uh, against Tunisia minus 124. So you now the Danish side, who are uh, ranked 11th in the in the FIFA rankings, have won nine out of their last 10 games and have outscored their opposition 30 to three during that time span. You know, led by, you know, Christian Eriksson, who is back in top form, thankfully, right after his uh, cardiac arrest situation during the Euro 2020. Uh, It's great to see him back on the field. Uh, Pierre-Emile Harsberg and Thomas Delaney uh, of Sevilla hold down the strong midfield uh, slot for for the Danish side. And, you know, I, I maybe not such a hot take and maybe not a, Some may not agree but i really like for Schmeichel of the league one side uh
3: yeah i really like him as well
2: i i think he, you know at even at 36 years old i still think he's one of the strongest goalkeepers out there um for what it's worth right so they're just they're, they're a strong side and then we're moving on to tunisia who are actually my kind of surprising ranked 30th in the fifa world rankings and They're one of the oldest sides uh, from an age perspective in the World Cup. And I think they, you know, they truly lack a a goal scoring threat. Um, The majority of their squad is the same squad who returned from the 2018 World Cup. So they're, you know, veteran leadership. They've been at this stage before. And they've actually attracted some dual nationality players um, since the last World Cup. Um, Hannibal Mezbury from Birmingham. Asia Laiduni from Ferenc Zaros, which is the Hungarian side. They're, they're typically the, the top side in Hungary. Uh, Omar Rikic from Sparta Rotterdam, who's actually injured. He's a defenseman that plays in the in the Eri Divisie in, in Holland. And then there's a couple random other dual nationality threats from um, Angers in uh, in France League 1, Valeri, and then uh, Ben Salam from Bromby of Denmark. So... Arguably, their top goal-throwing threat is Yusuf Skani, I'm going to call it. I I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who plays also in the Qatar Stars League for Al Arabi, um, one of the weaker sides in the Qatar Stars League. And, you know, overall, you know, long story short, I think Denmark are light years ahead of Tunisia from a talent perspective. Yes, they are at a slight disadvantage from from the climate right they play in typically different climate than where Tunisia does but at the end of the day, I think you know minus one is a is a fairly safe bet here and interesting stat five out of Denmark's seven goals scored over their last five matches have come in the first half surprisingly um, that price is minus 148 on bet rivers I think that's way too juicy um, but just a stat I wanted to throw out there.
1: Good stuff. Uh, Jack, you've also uh, got a bet on this game as well.
4: Yeah, um, Denmark to win also. Um, I've thrown in, again, on the same game parlay, under three and a half goals, so we can both cash here, which is actually fine. Minus 106 are the odds on this one, and Similar, similar story, really. It's been a cracking eighteen months for for Denmark um, since that near tragedy. Um, obviously, mm. Christian Eriksen, it's kind of galvanised this side together. It's given them a sense of belief. It's kind of given that togetherness. You know, it's a brothers in arms kind of scenario. Unbelievably, they've got to the semi-finals of the Euros. They haven't lost the f- opening two fixtures of that last summer. So it shows you the kind of resilience within the side and that determination to go and get the job done. Um, only losing to England in extra time uh, in the semi-final, uh, say, last, last summer. So absolutely cruised through their World Cup group. Um, really stepped up from there. They they won their first nine of ten games. They kept clean sheets in in their eight of those ten. Bizarrely, it was the Faroe Islands that managed to keep, be the first team to score against them in, in the group. But it's quite a tricky group. They had Scotland in there. They had Austria in there. Um, they had Israel in there as well. Um, and like I said, they only dropped points in that last game when they'd already qualified and Scotland were at Hamden and needed to get the win to, to get through to the playoffs. So absolutely brilliant stuff from that perspective. And also this group won't hold any fear. Um, they've got France up next. They've beaten France twice already this um, this season, but that will mean that they'll want to get three points on the board here against Tunisia um, and, and and go for, go for that win. Anything you read about um, Tunisia says the same thing. Any any research done on Tunisia, any games you watch, it's defensive. They're defensively set up. They don't tend to score goals in open play. They do rely on set pieces, um, and it will be the same thing here. They'll look to frustrate, like we talked very similar as far as that England game. You can read very similar profile to this Denmark Tunisia game set up defensively they were fortunate to get to Qatar in itself um through a, a two-legged playoff against Mali where they bizarre if you haven't seen it on YouTube check it out own goal which got them through um and I say it's then just been a case of um kind of keeping clean sheets where they can and trying to scruff their way to getting getting wins but they won't be able to hold out this Denmark side throughout I think the only thing against Denmark is the fact they haven't really got a, a proven goal scorer but they do chip in all round, um, And RJ's already mentioned some the talent that I was going to talk about there in the middle defensively, Schmeichel as well. The one person I'll probably point out that he hasn't mentioned was um, Joaquin Mahler, um, the left-back, right-footed left-back. So you'll see him bombing on and you're cutting in and he loves a shot from distance. He, he was a joint top scorer in World Cup qualifying with five goals so keep an eye on him. He got two in the Euros last season as well. So fantastic player. Um, and obviously Christian Eriksen pulling the strings. I'd imagine again they'll be everyone's second team. Let's get him off to a winning start. Denmark to win under three and a half goals, minus 106 is my play.
1: Brilliant. Uh let's go on to Germany versus Japan. Let's come to you, Steve, uh, for an opinion first up on this one. Um, game that people expect Germany to win quite comfortably. Are you sort of going along those lines?
3: I think I think three of us have got picks in this game. Um my pick for the get for the match though is over 2.75 goals, Harry, minus one one five. And um I see this to be honest, I see quite a lot of under fixtures in, in round one of the World Cup. Um and uh, I, I really only fancy three or four overs. This is definitely one of them. I think it's both teams' style should contribute to quite an open game of football really um i actually watched a bit of japan today did a bit of prep work i watched their friendly against canada It ended 2-1 to canada it was a it was a good game actually both teams had a, a good a real go and i think that's what we're going to see from both those nations at this tournament japan like to think that they can play football they're quite fearless um and if you watch the the bet rivers uh group e preview show i think it was a brilliant show we had george on there and we had um Allen on there and they really make some great points about both Germany and Japan but J- Japan have this they love to try and play attractive football but it can be to their detriment they're not the sort of team that are just going to set up and try and frustrate Germany and I think the Germans are going to be quite happy about that there's going to be chances at both ends of the field and to be honest I kind of bottled the probably a better bet for this game I think it's both teams to score but I've gone with the over 2.75 because there's definitely a chance that Germany could cover this line on their own they've got the attacking firepower they've actually warmed up with a friendly themselves against oman uh one nil but that's typical germany save themselves for the tournament <laughs> I quite like that actually um basically it's 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 the sort of goal line 2.75 goal line only need at least three goals here and we win something i i think i do think both teams score But as I say, there is a chance that Germany could um, really obliterate them if Japan just the sort of team. If they fall behind, they're just going to keep going to get even more aggressive and more um, expansive at the back and take more risks. So late in the game here, I think there could be quite a few goals in the second half. I just feel like it's going to be a good game to watch. Um, The kickoff time isn't that late; it's only uh, it's four PM local, so it's not like heat of the day like some of the really early kickoff times. So yeah, I am expecting a good game. I think Germany win it something like three one. But I like the for me it's the over two point seven five goal and I, I like minus one one five.
1: Nigel, on this one,
0: I like Germany. I like Germany to win. Well, um, I do think that uh, Steve is right with the goals, but I think the majority of them will come from Germany. I think Germany will cover two point seven five on their own. As Steve said, Hansi Flick plays a very very offensive side. They've got goals from all over the pitch. Everywhere you go, they don't really play out of an out and out striker. They've got they, they've got. Uh, you know, players all, all attacking positions. They've got Gnabry, probably players, their main striker. Now uh, they've got Havertz. They've got uh, players all over the pitch that can weigh in with goals. And they they interchange. Um, I don't think they're good enough to win the World Cup. But I think in the group stages, they'll be very, very entertaining to watch. If you look back at uh, Germany's opening matches in World Cup matches in before, it, usually the first match in the World Cup is always very tight. You know, you want to look teams like England start slow, but there's certain teams that just go straight out and the Germans are always there. They always get traded after the, after the group stage because they're so impressive. I think the last four World Cups, they've won two of their matches 4-0 and they've won one of them 8-0. Uh, if you go back even like, further, they beat Saudi Arabia 8-0 and they won two games in 4-0 in World Cup openers. So they always come out the traps fast, Germans, and there's nothing I can see in this side other than a very, very attacking unit that will put... A big, I think they'll be the bullies of the World Cup. I think they'll batter sides that uh, they're expected to beat comfortably. But when they go up against the big boys, I think they'll get found out in the quarter-final stage, because I don't think they're that good enough to, in the latter stages of competition to win it. But I think in the group stages, I think Germany games are going to be very entertaining. Really, really entertaining. So I'm going to go for Germany minus one against Japan. Minus 121. I, I slightly disagree with... them. Um, Steve, I don't think Japan will score, but I do agree with Steve. I think that it will be over 2.75, but I think all the goals will come from Germany. Jack, you've gone for
1: the same bet as Nigel. Anything to add? Of course, yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love watching Hansi Flick sides, to be fair. Um, uh, jo- Joachim Low's obviously had 15 years at Germany as German national manager, did well. Obviously won the World Cup. He had Hansi Flick by his side there. So that's a big element. He's been there, done it. He knows what it's like to be within that group and, and, and get them over the line, lifting the trophy. Um, And he's also one of his biggest traits, despite being a serial winner, is that he's a good man manager, which is really crucial going into, into this kind of tournament. But, you know, he's had 18 months at Bayern Munich where he's won absolutely everything. Obviously won the Bundesliga in Germany, won the Champions League. I think he won the Super Bowl over in America as well. So he's got everything on his CV. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And he's kind of implemented that Bayern Munich style into this German style, which is going to be a, a joy to watch. They are going to go for it. As I said, Nigel's reeled off a few of the players there. You've got Adyemi, Nabry, Havertz, Makoku, the young lad from and Dortmund that's now coming and scoring goals. it would be interesting to see if he gets some game time. Muller, Sane, Musiala. You can go on and on and on. There's some serious, serious talent there. And I um, say I think we've mentioned it with the heat and everything, that rotation, bringing that quality off the bench will be crucial I can see him scoring goals in both halves here, maybe a couple in each half, um, just to get this job done very, very well, very, very convincingly, set a statement out there. The one thing that we haven't mentioned, up next for them is Spain. So again, very similar to what we talked about. This one's crucial. Get the three points on the board. Goal difference could be a big factor in this group. Um, So if they want to top it, go and start with the big three points
1: and a big goal difference against Japan. Indeed. Uh, Let's go on then to uh, our last game uh, that we're covering. Last but not least, of course, uh, it involves uh, Brazil. Uh, Brazil, who always have such huge expectations around them going into these competitions. Steve, let's start with your opinion on this one, mate. They take on Serbia in their opening game.
3: Yeah, this is actually the last match of the first round of matches, I do believe. It's uh, 10 p.m. local on the 24th of November. As actually, I very nearly took something in the earlier group game that day, Switzerland Cameroon. I think uh, Nigel's nil-nil detector might well come out for that one. But um... that's the
0: game. That's the first game I'm going to. <laughs> wow,
3: well, there you go. <laughs> I just then. hope
0: I just hope that Mrs. doesn't see me dancing with all these ladies from Cameroon <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be back. I won't be allowed back.
3: Yeah. I think that's going to be a horrible game. I think Brazil's service is going to be a cracker. (laughs) Um, I think uh, just look at the sheer number of quality attacking players on the field here. Both sides, uh, actually. I mean, Brazil themselves, um, the bet I'm going to take is over 2.75 goals at uh, plus 105. And Brazil themselves could cover this goal line on their own. They've scored at least three goals in six of the last seven matches we don't really even need to talk too much about their firepower, but I mean, Neymar alone could score a hat-trick here, but um Serbia are actually quite a good side. I think they're, they're a team to really keep an eye on in this tournament. They themselves uh, qualified outright, Um uh, beat Portugal in in their qualifying group. And you just got to look at their sort of quartet of attacking players, uh, Vlavic, Mitrovic, Tadic, again, Milikovic, Savic as well. And um, it's, it's, clear to see where the strength of this team is, and it's going forwards. There's definitely some defensive doubts with Serbia. I certainly wouldn't back them them to keep too many clean sheets, and I certainly wouldn't back them to keep too many clean sheets here against Brazil. Um, So, I just feel like this is going to be quite an offensive game. It's quite late in the evening as well, so I don't think it's going to be as energy-sapping. Brazil, Nigel mentioned this about Germany, They're the sort of team that like to make a statement very early on, come out of the traps firing. They always have done. They like to put on a show, an entertaining show, And, I mean, I I think Brazil win the game, but I think Serbia are no mugs. And uh, I I definitely see Serbia getting on the score sheet here. I think Brazil don't have a bad defence, but it's not amazing. So um, I I like to take a bit of value in my goal lines. And I could just take the straight over two and a half, but I always prefer a 2.75 goal line for a little bit of a better price because you need three goals, whatever, anyway. So I will take a little bit more value, plus plus one oh five. That there's at least three goals, but I could actually see this one being again like sort of 3 1 to Brazil, which would mean the 2.75 goal line covers entirely.
4: Serbia so will go toe to toe there without a shadow of doubt. That's the only way they know them. Their coaches said exactly the same thing that they want to be a, known as a fast attacking, forward thinking side. So, yeah, it's all set up. Should I, be a crack I, that I've, one.
0: The other thing I like the goals, where I also like the bookies in this game. Yeah, so I me too. See, I could see a sending off it, so <laughs> yeah. it completely losing their losing their heads, and I think it'd be a real fiery game.
4: Yeah, got me got me alerts ready on the, who the referee. <laughs> once they appoint the referee for that, but yeah, on the face of it, bookings, goals, swap your ticket, Nigel. Sort it out. I can't,
0: mate. Listen, you, 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 you can only get tickets for the, 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 the games that no one wants to go to. The Brazilian games, you can't get. You have no chance. Cameroon against Switzerland for me, I'm afraid.
4: Well, Enjoy the dancing, then.
1: I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, RJ, um, you, you've also got a pick in this game, which is along the same lines as what Steve's gone for, but you've gone for a slightly different sort of iteration of it uh talk to us about your thinking behind that
2: yeah i agree with steve I, i'm i love over 2.75 that's kind of where i target overs uh, as as steve said you just get a better price uh but i went with 2.5 here because to be truthful i i kind of see a 3-0 brazil win here and and I, i'll get to why um i i think you know i you know, we don't really need to get into the the talent perspective from from the Brazil side. We know, you know, we're Charleston, Neymar, Paqueta, Vinicius Junior. I mean, the list goes on. They're, they're like an all star team, and they've scored forty goals in their last seventeen World Cup qualification matches. Um, Serbia, on the other hand, as as you hinted to Steve, you know uh, Mitrovic, uh, um, you know, I have a bad t- hard time pronouncing some of these names, uh, you know. V- uh, Vo- we v- know, we know, we know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either yeah. like I I know know know. RJ again. I got, you
3: RJ, you notice how I didn't pronounce yeah. the name as well. You know, Steve, what's his name? <laughs> just say just for Milinkovic-Savic, just say SMS.
2: You well, the uh, Dusan yeah. um, and then Milinkovic-Savic I, I got, and then Susan uh, Tadic from from Ajax, right? The the captain of the Ajax side um, will be you know a crucial piece for the Serbian side. But one thing I, I found was uh, Dusan. And uh, Mitrovic are both injured right now, right? They both were were announced for the Serbian squad, but they both both have knocks. Um, they're hopeful that they'll be close to full strength for for the round round one match, but um, you know, I don't know. I, I have some doubts on their on their health. Um, I think you know Brazil could cover this on their own, right? Uh, it wouldn't be a shock. I, I think we'll see a, a, a three nil type match, in my opinion. And, you know, I think this is a big match for Serbia because Switzerland and Cameroon uh, could give Serbia some trouble. And I, I don't expect them to come out with with a win, but the goal differential is crucial here, right? And, you know, I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to have a hard time, and uh, we'll see. But uh, I'll be eating turkey during this because it'll be Thanksgiving in the U.S. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see some goals and I'll uh, be eating some turkey legs
1: hopefully, it'll be good fun uh good fun, I'm sure it will be, and Nigel, this one will have dancing and good football so <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i yeah, yeah. I I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> definitely don't miss to see me dancing with the Brazilian ladies i will be banging trouble I've been the Serbian <laughs> I think I've got more of a Serbian look about me then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: brilliant stuff guys Uh, thank you all so much for all your tremendous picks Uh, let's quickly round them up before we say our farewells Uh, so for Qatar versus England uh, Nigel has gone for Qatar plus 0.25 that's at minus 125 and elsewhere we've got RJ's pick which is under two goals in that one which is at minus 120 if we move on to England versus Iran. That's a game that tickled both Jack and uh, Nigel's fancy. Uh, Nigel went for England uh, to win to nil at minus 125. Jack attacked it slightly differently uh, with under two and a half goals and both teams to score no at minus 109. For Denmark, Tunisia, RJ went with Denmark at minus one and that's minus 124. And Jack went for Denmark to win and under three and a half goals at minus 106. When it comes to Germany versus Japan, Steve has gone for over 2.75 goals at minus 115. Uh, Jack has gone for Germany at minus one, that's at minus 122. And uh, Nigel has gone uh, for the same bet at the same price as well. Moving on to Brazil versus Serbia, uh, Steve has gone for over 2.75 goals at plus 105. And RJ's gone for over 2.5 goals at minus 125. And for Portugal, Ghana, uh, Steve is uh, the only one that picked that one, but he's gone for Portugal at minus one, and that's priced at minus 137. So, Make sure you get those picks in ahead of time. The group stage kicks off off on Sunday, so it's just around the corner. Make sure you're following us at Because We Win. Uh, you'll be able to uh, keep across all the content going out. And if you haven't checked out the group previews and the uh, sort of all the other videos that the guys have done around it that outrights the props, you want to check it out. Some brilliant content, a lot of effort. And work went into that. It looks fantastic. The pics are fantastic. So make sure that you are uh, over there and checking it out. Uh, If you watch them all, then you'll be an expert going into this tournament. Be sure to follow. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Thank you for all your support so far. And we'll be back very soon with more ahead of the next round of group stage matches. Thank you to every single one of you. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.